Welcome to the second episode of The Only Playbook, your one-stop shop for all things football. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas, DFW Metroplex here. It's Tuesday, September 14th. Um, I'm coming to you here. I'm Sweet Car. Alongside me, I got Shoshote and Shovit. Guys, how are we doing Tuesday night? Pretty good. That was an exciting first week of football. What do you guys think? What a game. Absolutely. Every game, Thursday, Monday, it started off with a bang, ended with a bang. Yeah, man, talk about that Monday night game, how it ended, though. Crazy, crazy. Wow. Lots of action to go over with you guys. Again, we certainly appreciate you guys being here, uh, giving us a listen. Um, let's get right to it. Hey, real quick, real quick. Yep. Shout out to both of you guys, first of all, because we did this from scratch, right? All right, listeners, I don't want to bore you too long. Man, but I did not see this coming. Yeah, this, this no, <laughs> no, seriously, we literally did this from scratch less than a week ago, and here we are. How does my mic sound? Can can you guys tweet to us about how our <laughs> mic sounds? Because these mics are freaking spectacular. Probably but a lot crispier than last week. Yeah. And we, we put a lot of um, heart and soul into it. Lost a lot of sleep. And if it wasn't ever going to get done, it was going to be this week. And we did it. And we're yeah. here. Yeah. So Yeah. Don't sell yourself short, too. Shout out to you as well for oh everything yeah. you put oh into yeah. this. Yeah, sure. I feel like we're all carrying our weight. And, and again, it just comes with a level of excitement that sometimes make it makes it not feel like work, right? Mm-hmm. Again, the late nights don't feel like late nights when you're doing something that you love and enjoy. So yeah. um, again, so excited to be here. Week one has officially wrapped up. Again, like we talked about, lots of action, a uh, ton of games on the board. Uh, we'll start out by going through a quick re- recap, folks. Um, again, we'll try to hit every game. Actually, we will hit every game, but uh, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on every game. We want to highlight things that we think are important uh, from an injury standpoint, fantasy perspective, uh, maybe things to watch and look out for long-term heading into the season. So uh, we'll try our best to touch on everything, and hopefully, again, enough gets put out there that um, – yeah, and um, so we're going to be doing two podcasts a week, right? Yeah. So the first podcast, the ones we release on Tuesday night, um, they're going to be the ones we talk about uh, recaps, and we're going to talk about you know injuries that just happened and waiver wires. And then the one on Friday is going to be more about um, you know uh, forward thinking. We're going to be talking about the games that are about to happen and the matchups and all that stuff. So this one's mainly just recaps, injuries, and waivers. Yeah, waivers being a key part. As we know, we're trying to put this out Tuesday night. We know most fantasy football leagues have their waiver wires hit on mm-hmm. Wednesday morning. So we want to make sure we get you the latest information on waiver wires so that you can be ready to pick up these guys before anybody else does. So, um, again, let's get right to it. Um, first matchup on the board that we want to talk about. The Jags visited the Houston Texans. This was our marquee matchup of the week, guys, right? Yeah, yeah it was my, uh, <laughs> what is it What is it called? Toilet Bowl? No. <laughs> survivor uh, pick. Survivor pick. Survivor pick. Shoshot hits a survivor pick, taking Houston at home. They win 37-21. More offense than we probably maybe anticipated seeing yeah. on the board, uh, but knowing that the defenses are both probably relatively bad, um, also kind of somewhat not surprising. Um, key takeaways from this for me is obviously Houston putting up 37 points when we didn't even know who their quarterback really was going to be. Uh, I think Tyrod Taylor came out and played relatively well. Uh, Shashot hit on this last week. If you gave us a listen, Tyrod Taylor, cons- consistent as they come, yeah. get you 19 points a week. And he actually, I think, did better than that this week. So mm-hmm. um, that was big for them. Um, obviously, Brandon Cook, Shovit, your guy, uh, had a great game. And um, I think Mark Ingram came away the lead back in that uh, trio yeah. of running backs they have. Yeah, as far as targets. So, so we mentioned last episode about there's three teams with uh, that really go three-headed approach heavily, and they never waver from that. And the Texans are one of them. And they might actually have the best three-headed approach, uh, looking at it from just a player name perspective. 
So Mark Ingram, and you know you got your former number one overall fantasy draft pick in DJ, David Johnson, and they added Lindsey. So now they have, you know, they covered every aspect of running backing. They got speed, they got power, they have catching, you know, and blocking. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, one one of their four wins on the team total for the over-under for the year, and so they've already gotten one under their belt, which is probably pretty good stuff. Yeah. Uh, other side of the coin, the Jaguars' defense, uh, relatively abysmal, um, giving up 37 points to a Houston offense that we didn't know what we were going to expect. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, number one pick's first start. Uh, mixed bag, right? Uh, threw for over 300 yards, threw three touchdowns, did have three interceptions, probably threw a lot more than that team wants him to be throwing the ball. Um, not a lot of run game going with Carlos Hyde actually leading the backfield with nine carries versus James Robinson. And then, uh, again, he did do a good job of spreading the ball around. Looks like four of their guys had over eight targets, mm-hmm. Chark, Jones, uh, Chenault Jr., and O'Shaughnessy. So, um, again, moved the ball around, but – Probably just also a predicament of the fact that they were down a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they probably don't want it to be thrown that much. Uh, anything else you saw from this game, Shovit? I think if you're a Jaguars fan uh, or you know just that coaching staff, you got to be pleased with uh, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's his first game. Guys throws three touchdowns. He wasn't as accurate as he wants to be, but I think that moving on with this you know season, I think he'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing from a fantasy perspective, because this guy ends up going in the first or second round sometimes, and James Robinson is kind of a keep your eye out for James Robinson because there's a slight concern here you know you're losing touches to Carlos Hyde that and you know this is people's first or second pick and you never want to get 25 yards on five carries out of your pick although they were losing most of the game so that takes away the run game but it's funny I think the reason they brought in Carlos Hyde is because for pass protection reasons and I think it's just you know sometimes you have to tricked the defense and they just kind of handed it off to Carlos Hyde in a lot of those plays whereas James Robinson is more of just a bruising up the middle running back so I think we'll you know it's a little little bit of a concern keep your eye out for James Robinson we'll talk trade values and stuff like that if this continues but if not I will he's definitely going to be started again next week despite what Carlos Hyde did this week yeah again seems like it just kind of was a situational thing where the game the way the game flowed just took that away from James Robinson. But um, nonetheless, again, fun matchup to watch with these, uh, uh, again, lowly teams putting up a lot of points, and obviously everybody probably wanted to watch Trevor Lawrence. But let's move on. Uh, Next game we have on the board, the L.A. Chargers, excuse me, visited the Washington football team. Uh, Again, not a ton of scoring in this one, actually. 20-16 to final score. Chargers took it by four. Um, What did we like from this matchup, Shashok? Um, We liked a lot. We liked a lot, um, but not – for fantasy football reasons. Yeah. We liked it from a football perspective because this was a very unpredictable game. You know, um, Herbert could have had two touchdowns on the board right now. If it wasn't for drop passes. Yep. Um, Washington's defense was raved all season long and they kind of lived up to it, except what would have happened if, you know, they would have caught those two touchdown passes. Then what do you talk about yeah, their defense? Different story. So they're a good run stopping defense, um, but looks like there are some holes that may go unnoticed on this Washington's secondary. So keep an eye out for that. I think overall they'll be strong, but from a defensive standpoint, you're still starting Washington most weeks. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the holes because like there was a third and fifteen play where mm-hmm. Herbert threw it fifteen yards downfield and got a first down where the safety didn't come and uh play on the receiver uh-huh. and it was straight up the middle just uh, all out go for all four receivers and they weren't able to stop that so I, I, I expect more from Washington football team fantasy span- standpoint I think the receivers did really well yeah right you have Keenan Allen 100 yards nine mm-hmm. receptions Mike Williams like gets a touchdown 
I mean, as far as offense goes, Eckler, you know, he gets a touchdown. Yeah. Um, looks pretty good as yeah. far as Chargers are concerned against a Washington football team who we think the defense is fairly legit. good, legit, yeah. you know, and so uh, more to come there. Yeah, and, and again, I, I did start Justin Herbert this week knowing that he was going against Washington. Disappointing performance just from a total points perspective, but I thought, again, he played relatively well against a defense we expected to be top five coming in probably. Um, again, a couple of drop touchdowns, so that probably would have changed the stat line tremendously. Shall we mention these um, waiver picks and injuries as we go on with these teams, or do you think it's better to save those for later? Um, either or. Um, again, if we want to save them for later, we can. If you feel like we've already kind of touched on the player, might as well bring it up. Yeah, I think so, because it's hard to talk about this game without talking about the biggest event yep. of the game. Yeah, let's go ahead and just talk about yeah. it. I like that. So we did lose Fitzpatrick early on in this game, starting quarterback for the Washington football team. Get well soon, Fitzmagic. Good. Dude, we were just raving Fitzmagic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> last game and or last podcast, and look what happened. But, um, yeah, so some things to point out here. He had a posterior hip subluxation. So a difference between a subluxation and a dislocation. Dislocation, it completely leaves the other bone. Um, one bone is slid or pulled away from the other bone. Mm-hmm. Subluxation is still attached, but it's not where it's supposed to be. Got it. So it's a, it's a better injury to have than a complete dislocation. However, he's old. This is a hip we're talking about. Wow. Um, and it's the same mechanism of injury that Tua had, Tua had back in the day. Uh, before he was drafted so it's you know an injury of concern if it was a concern for a player like Tua who's young um, it's definitely a concern for Fitzmagic so we will just have to wait and see how this progresses but you know he's not going to be starting in anybody's team for any anytime soon what's the is the diagnosis out that he's out at least eight weeks or what have they given anything out yet you know this could end up being out for season Um, it's really unpredictable yeah we're gonna have to just wait and see even if they tell you right now he'll be back in eight weeks um, rehab for an old man like this <laughs> could end up just being out for season. Yeah, hopefully he gets back soon. I know we all enjoy watching him play. Um, so that brings us to Taylor Heineke is mm-hmm. now kind of assumed the starting role there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as Vikings fan, we we remember him. He was our backup there for a couple of seasons. Um, what do we like about this guy? Um, is, is there a legitimate, you know, possible starts for fantasy players upcoming? I, I know he can move his legs a little yeah. bit. Um, what do you think? Um, so number one, I feel like if there's one word to describe Heineke, I would say he's tenacious. He just has this tenacity about him. Like he's got something to prove, you know, just, just look at him Mm -hmm. and he's like, it doesn't matter if he's playing Brady or he's playing the worst team. He's going to give you what he got. Mm -hmm. So that's something really nice to have. And I've talked to a few Washington football team fans and they all seem pretty unfazed. Honestly, you know, they had their hopes up with Fitzpatrick, but this isn't too bad of a fall off. I feel like it's they're not too far from each other as far as production goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've seen in the playoffs. Actually, I have a fun fact for you guys. Last year, um, Heineke played better against the uh, statistically played better against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. than any other player. Wow. wow. So he actually, you know, gave them a run for their money in the playoffs. Wow. That be yeah, said. Exactly. So, you know, there's definitely room for um, starting, maybe not yet. For fantasy purposes, because we already drafted 10 players better than him. Everybody's got a starting quarterback. But, you know, on the radar. Put him on the radar. Yeah. Antonio Gibson, 20 carries, 90 yards. Didn't get in the end zone. But, again, 
Um, got got the touches, certainly. Maybe would have gotten more had they been up or controlled the game a little bit. Uh, disappointing from the receiving core. Probably, again, just a product of Fitzmagic going out early and then them making that change at quarterback. Uh, started Terry McLaurin, only had four catches, 62 yards on only four targets. Mm-hmm. So caught everything that came his way but wasn't targeted as much. It looked like they spread the ball out a decent amount. Um, obviously, as Heineke kind of gets his feet under him starting, maybe that'll change. So keep an eye out for that. Logan Thomas did snag their one touchdown. So um, that's another guy that you had mentioned uh, last show yeah, and uh, yeah. to keep an eye on as a fantasy dark oh, horse. Oh, that guy's not getting his eye on. You need to scoop him up now. Just keep him on all your rosters. Yeah, good see, good, good game for him. So Chargers end up pulling that one out. Um, again, close fought game and uh, interested to see kind of how these defenses uh, continue moving forward with maybe playing some higher-powered offenses on the other end. Mm-hmm. So let's move right along. Um, here's an interesting game. The Seattle Seahawks were at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Seahawks pretty much controlled this game the entire time, taking the final score of 28 to 16. Um, if you did listen to the last podcast, I know I was selling on Russell Wilson, uh, first game of the season already. He has started to make me eat my words again. That was a season prediction guys, not this week directly, but, uh, Russell Wilson was definitely cooking to say the least. Um, what did we like about this one? Chauvet, actually kick it over to you first. Oh, Russell Wilson looked good, man. That, those throws to Tyler Lockett, just heaving it. Yeah. Just heaving it downfield. I mean, it was it was amazing. Uh, I mean, the Seahawks came to play, and that that offense looked amazing. And uh, uh, so I, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with the, how the Seahawks looked. Yeah, and against a defense that I think we were all talking about, you know, again being top ten defense. And uh, Russell Wilson seemed to have his way. His deep touchdowns weren't like yeah. a product of him running for his life or anything. They mm-hmm. were on set design plays. Uh, so it looked like maybe he got a little bit of better blocking than we're accustomed to. Yeah, they used a lot of their running backs for blocking this game. Yeah, uh, a lot of lot of shotgun formation with a lot of running backs not rolling out. They just strictly blocking and seems to have paid off. Um, another thing about this game is this is probably the most predictable game so far as far as statistics goes. Um, if you look at the score chart, you know running backs that you expect to do well, like Jonathan Taylor did well. Um, he did have low in yards, but he made up for that with six receptions and 60 yards. So um, in PPR leagues, that's good enough. You know, you do expect more from your starters, but when they break like, you know, 12 points, it's um, something to be happy about. And on the other end, on the Seahawks end, we have Chris Carson with 16 carries. That's that's legitimate. And uh, with 91 yards, you know, um, and he did not have any competition, to say the least. The next person with enough carries on that team was Russell Wilson. So <laughs> you can rest in – you can rest – pretty assured that uh, no one's taken those two guys' jobs. Yeah, Carson looked good. I know I'd started him in my other league. Receivers, again, uh, early on, Russ really, really targeted Lockett. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to my you know, happiness, as fantasy, I have Metcalf. Fantasy happiness. Yeah, um, but again, he did. Metcalf did end up catching a touchdown, 60 yards. Lockett had 100 yards, two touchdowns. Those guys are their top two targets, and, and, and they did what they were supposed to do. Um, Jared, Gerald Everett, right? New acquisition mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. grab that other touchdown that they have. Uh, Carson, you mentioned, led the backfield, also caught three passes for 26 yards, so uh, somewhat you know, relevant in, in PPR leagues as well. So uh, overall, again, kind of what we expected, um, I guess, from a st- statistical standpoint from the Seahawks. Um, how did Carson Wentz look, our uh, Aaron Rodgers 2.0 guy? Yeah, I mean, what do you think? What do you think, Shovit? Not a big fan of yeah. Carson Wentz. I think he wasn't... He only had one touchdown the whole game, and then um, I'm, I'm just, just not. He had a two fan. touchdowns. He had two touchdowns. He threw for two. Yeah, I think he got one late. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. Pascal got them both. Remember the back of the. Oh, end zone. that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm selling on Carson yeah. Wentz. Uh, the thing is, the value is so low, and he's, you know, at one point he was an MVP candidate, and that's been forgotten because of injuries and playing for the Eagles with no receivers. Uh, they had no receivers. Um, but, you know, it's he's, t- he's talented. Um, I think I mentioned earlier in the week, um, I think you asked me, who does he remind you of? And I said Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's pretty far-fetched to say that, but if you just remove those names and just – look at them and how they play without thinking that you're looking at Carson Wentz, you know, there's there definitely style are some similarities. It's pretty similar. I, yeah. I echo that sentiment as well. Could that be a product of the great run that they had? Like they have, you know, great options on the running game. And so, you know, Carson Wentz throws some play actions and just barely, you know, be accurate and yeah. be okay. I mean, yeah, that too. But I mean, like I said, he was an MVP candidate, candidate. at one point. Yeah. So he's got what it takes to do it. It's just a matter of it's it's been a couple of years now since all that, and he's coming through with some big injuries, and he just came off of a foot surgery, and you know it's I think it'll take some time, but with the Colts defense, I think Carson Wentz will do just fine on that team. Yeah, absolutely, and um, and again on the other side of the coin, I guess, um, did we expect some more points from the Colts, knowing that they were facing the Seahawks at home? Seahawks weren't really a defense that we expected to really do much. They were. Not great last year, right, and pretty mediocre, and I, I was expecting much of the same. So for them to only throw up 16 points and for the Seahawks to control the entire game, um, again, with Wentz's stats on paper looking decent, it does kind of raise questions as to, like, you know, why, why was the production not there? Um, running backs, again, Jonathan Taylor, like you mentioned, had 17 carries, 56 yards. Hines got nine carries, and then it was just Wentz, so the other running backs didn't really touch the ball. Um, and as far as receiving goes, Taylor actually caught uh, – set tied for the most passes with Hines, the other running back. So it looks like Carson Wentz maybe isn't relatively throwing the ball downfield as much as we expect him mm-hmm. to if the receivers or the running backs are catching the most passes. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be throwing a lot to these running backs. <sighs> yeah, so um, yeah. So Seahawks start 1-0, Colts start 0-1-1. Um, moving on, we have the New York Jets uh, at the Carolina Panthers. Panthers were my survivor pick. They end up pulling this one out 19-14. to Low-scoring affair, pretty sloppy game. Um, I'll start us out, obviously, as having Christian McCaffrey. I thought the Panthers did exactly what they do when McCaffrey's healthy is Mm kind of just feed him the ball. Uh, Aside from not getting into the end zone, he had really, really good numbers, uh, both receiving and rushing. And I think it did also make Sam Darnold look pretty good. Mm -hmm. And throwing those checkdowns, throwing those slants, those HB slants to McCaffrey, uh, sometimes did open up the play action, and it looked like he did pretty good hitting DJ Moore down the field. He hit Robbie Anderson down the field. So he made the throws that needed to be there. I know the Jets' secondary is pretty questionable, so you know, take it with a grain of salt, but any optimism you can see from Sam Darnold is something to kind of hold your hat yeah. on and try to carry forward. Um, other side of the coin, Zach Wilson. I know we were both talking about being high on him. Uh, what did you guys like from him? What did you guys dislike? I know his play was relatively up and down all game. Um, I mean, it's a rookie quarterback, right? So your expectations are pretty low. Yep. Um, but although um, he is a rookie and a lot of the rookie quarterbacks underperformed this week, um, he made some crazy plays. Yeah. He made some sick plays out there. It did not look like a rookie moving around the pocket. And um, I think that's something to be um, you know, excited about. And their receivers aren't as bad as they sound. Corey Davis is a great possession receiver. Uh, Mims can stretch the field. Um, they're not big names, but it's something to work with, and I think this is going to be a work in progress. Um, there is a chance the Texans will end up with more wins than the Jets this year, but, you know, week one overreactions, they're always <laughs> there. So, 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, again, I was also high on Zach Wilson coming in, right? His athleticism definitely showed, like yeah. you mentioned, he he has the intangibles to make plays happen that you can't really teach, right? Mm-hmm. So that we already knew he had going for him. It was just a matter of seeing how he could read the defenses in the NFL, adjust to the speed of people. Uh, obviously, he wasn't going to get the amount of time to throw as he was getting at BYU. And I think that kind of showcased in his subpar day with a couple of interceptions and um, again, up and down, but enough to be encouraged about moving forward. Yeah. Um, what else? I mean, uh, looking at this, uh, the Jets running game, not really, not very pleased. I mean, but that's kind of what we expected with Tevin Coleman, nine carries and 24 yards. And um, the receiving core, I thought that, uh, we would get more out of Elijah Moore. Yeah. He had four targets, um, one reception, negative three yards. Um, so a lot of outside of Corey Davis, a lot of no-namers getting, getting some target share. Um, so... Something yeah. to watch out for. Something to watch out for, for yeah. sure. We, we don't know who's going to get the points there. We'll see if anybody can show some yeah. consistency. Yeah, they're probably going to feed Elijah Moore more often throughout the season. But right now, it's stay away from the Jets. Yeah, yeah. Jets dropped that one 14-19 at Carolina. Carolina, shout out Jordan, my buddy, Carolina Panthers fan. Rest easy, you start 1-0, buddy. Uh, moving on to our favorite team, me and Shishot. It's the Minnesota Vikings. We're at the Cincinnati Bengals week one. Um, they dropped the game 24-27. Uh, pretty exciting game, right, just as a neutral fan. Uh, the Vikings coming back from being down, uh, game going into overtime. Um, a lot of big big numbers put up by players we kind of expected to put up big numbers. Uh, where was the downfall here for the Vikings? So many areas. I don't know where <laughs> to start. But um, Never want to hear that as a Vikings fan. Obviously, the number one problem we've been having for many years that's not going away is offensive line. Yeah. And our secondary is complete trash. Yep. You know, Patrick Peterson came in. He might have made this worse. I don't know. You know, getting burnt by a rookie, getting crossed over, all this. It was just embarrassing to watch as a Vikings fan because of the 10 penalties, whereas I think nine or, sorry, seven or eight of them were on the offensive line. Wow. So at one point in the game, there was a stat that showed we had 10 penalties for like 100 yards, and um, Bengals had one penalty for like five or 10. You can't win a game like that. Yeah, I think that's why the Bengals were able to go up early. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, We were watching this game, and every third down, third and three would turn into third and, you know, long. Every second and one would turn into second and 15, 16. So we really shot ourselves in the foot. I'm I'm a very unbiased Vikings fan, and, you know, looking at this, it was a a winnable game, especially when we took it to overtime, marched down the field, got in field goal range, you know, all these things, and we just end up just giving it away. Yep. Dalvin Cook, an unlikely fumble, right? Some guy, yeah, you ex- right. a guy you expect Come on. to not do something like that, especially when we're in uh, range, and and to have that kind of outcome, and then Joe Burrow go down, they kick the f- winning field goal, which is on the on the bright side, though. Kirk on the Cousins? bright side, yep. No, Kirk Cousins fine. Kirk Cousins just doing average Kirk Cousins things, <laughs> managing the game, putting up good numbers, but questionable leadership s- skills towards the end of the game. Probably don't want the Vi- the Vikings probably don't want him throwing forty nine times a game though, right? I yeah, mean, I that, don't want him throwing forty nine times for sure. That's a lot of th- that's a lot of throwing. The game did not probably go the Vikings game no. plan way because no. we would have seen much more Dalvin, much less throwing. Yeah, but. yeah. When we were down, um, when Cincinnati scored fourteen points in the second quarter, that's when the throwing just re- revved up. We were just throwing. Even Justin Jefferson threw a pass, <laughs> so we were throwing a lot this game, and nothing went according to plan except for Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, good old Adam Thielen, probably the third best Viking I have seen as a receiver in my Viking watching time of like 25 years or whatever. Um, nine receptions on 10 targets, 
<laughs> like, come on. 92 yards, two touchdowns. This guy's elite. This guy's elite level talent, and he showed it out there today. Four, fourth among receivers this week in fantasy yeah. points. Yeah. Um, and Dalvin Cook caught some passes too, uh, which, you know, I would prefer him running the ball more than catching the ball, but he did catch 43 uh, yards worth on six receptions. All the other running backs on the Vikings were obsolete. It was 20 carries for Dalvin Cook compared to one by Abdullah and one by Madison. So, um, you know, our game plan went just opposite of what we wanted to do. Yeah, I think, and kudos to the Bengals too. Uh, Jamar Chase getting, um, I think it was uh, yeah. two, or one touchdown and 101 yards mm-hmm. uh, that game. I think that was amazing. The offensive line definitely held up um, yeah, and, and they did, did. did their part. They did. Uh, Burrow looked good, looked mm-hmm. accurate as well. Yeah. Um, Mixon, Mixon looked great. Twenty nine oh, yeah. carries. Oh, absolutely. You know, Burrow only threw it twenty seven times. Usually, Burrow's numbers are probably going to be a lot higher than that rest of the season. And Mixon's yep. one of those guys that was not a favorite, mm-hmm. right? As far as a lot of people were passing up in the draft, right? Yep. And, uh, as far as your top ten running back, Mixon's probably not there. But against the Vikings, he did look really. Yeah, we good. have a pretty strong run stuffing defense. We're supposed to be labeled as one of the top two run stopping defenses, and we look like the bottom two. Yeah. It is weird to kind of think back on the way this game went because, like we talked about, we th- the Bengals' offensive line held up, meaning we thought, you know, yeah, Joe Mixon having 29 carries, Burrow looking good, didn't throw a single interception, you would think. Vikings had five sacks, mm-hmm. right? So the Vikings still got to Joe Burrow. Five times is a pretty decent number. Um, it's Again, it just makes they you were, question what were the other what were the other aspects, penalties being mainly one of the biggest ones, right. where on paper you sack the other opponent, opposing team five times, I mean, I would expect on paper for you to yeah. win or the have the a good problem, chance to the win. The problem with that was those sacks were early game loaded. They were all heavy earlier in the game when we looked like, you know, when I was celebrating, chugging some beers down, whatever. At the second half of the game, I didn't see any sacks. I didn't yeah. see nothing. We were just – they at halftime, the adjustments that Mike Zimmer usually makes, what leads us to winning games, it looked like that's what the Bengals did. Bengals fixed all of their problems and came out on top. Yeah, yeah. Again, heartbreaking defeat. Um, obviously, wanted to highlight real quick Justin Jefferson, five catches, 71 yards. Uh, nothing crazy, but uh, I'm sure he'll get more. K.J. Osborne was a bright surprise uh, as the coming kind of emerging as the third receiver. Seven catches, 76 yards. Yeah. Uh, also, we need to mention the three-headed monsters on the Bengals receiving core. Yeah. Because I'm sure a lot of our viewers have questions about those guys. Um, the, we all came into this game with Higgins probably leading the pack with Boyd following and then Jamar Chase third. But... <laughs> it was the opposite. Jamar Chase um, just stretched the field more, and that's exactly what the Vikings were weak at, and Burrow figured this out. So a lot of targets downfield to Chase, you know, with five targets, 101 yards, and touchdown. I think with Burrow and Chase, if they continue this, um, it's going to be a tandem to watch out for, and I'm pretty sure T. Higgins will not be leading this team at the end of the season if Chase can keep up this type of production. Yeah, they have that LSU connection, obviously, so I'm sure that factors into mm-hmm. a lot of the things. And uh, Jim, Jamar Chase could have lost his confidence big time with those four drops in the preseason, but Burrow probably went over to him and been like, you're my guy, you've been my guy at LSU. And so that yeah. confidence plays a huge huge yeah. factor it into does. it, right? And it, does. and it, again, proves another thing that preseason sometimes matters, sometimes doesn't mean shit. And in, the, in this instance, pretty much didn't mean shit because yeah. Jamar Chase was crossing up Patrick Peterson, burning Brashard Breland. Yeah. So... Um, looked good. Looked good. Bengals come out 27-24. Shout out uh, to Vikings kicker, though. Actually making 
two 50-yarders. One of them didn't count, but as a Vikings fan, it's always nice to see us make two field goals. <laughs> the depressing life of being a Vikings fan. But, yes, absolutely. Anytime a kicker can make kicks for the Vikings, it's a big deal. So we consider that a personal dub. <laughs> Moving right along to the Arizona Cardinals. Man, okay, this game was probably the biggest yeah. question mark for us in terms of for what sure. we expected to happen versus what happened. Mm-hmm. Cardinals come into Tennessee and absolutely destroy 38-13. to 13. Kyler Murray had the most fantasy points this week of any player, right? Um, looked absolutely incredible. Derrick Henry, a lot of people probably have a ton of questions. Uh, was this a product of the way this game went? Uh, is this Henry's natural regression after having probably one of the best seasons of any running back and his obviously best season he's ever had? Um, but obviously week one is one of those times where we do have classic overreactions. But let's talk about this. Let's get into this 38-13 um, Obviously, let's start with Kyler Murray. Uh, what did we like? Um, I liked everything. <laughs> I liked everything about Kyler Murray. He's number one as far as MVP race goes at this moment because coming in here and literally pulling down the Tennessee Titans' pants and doing terrible things to them <laughs> was cool. something nobody saw coming. This yeah. is insane. Uh, Tennessee Titans are supposed to be one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl this year with a stacked offense. Offensive line is solid. These are these – are, um, equations that lead to a lot of scoring and 13 points is not a lot of scoring cardinals defense is not known to embarrass people you know chandler jones did great with five sacks but that's that was incredible a, that was a, that's insane that i played in an idp league and he had 20 fantasy points wow so that's pretty uh pretty impressive but yeah as far as kyler murray goes i mean just look at the tape look at that view like look at that yeah. one play where he went all the way to the right all the way to the left it. Like did, did a little step back, did yeah. a little step back on the defender, and then like slinged it, slinged yeah. it to the receiver. Yeah, it, it was it was amazing to see. Um, Kyler Murray, uh, of those passes, of all the passes he had, there were six passes that were uh, the chance of them being completed mm-hmm. was less than forty percent. Wow! And he completed all, all, all six of those. Boom! That's a stat yeah. for you right there. And it wasn't just one of those things where like, oh, Kyler Murray looked good. Yeah, had, you know, had a good. No, he was he was accurate, making plays, making yeah. plays. Yeah. Uh, we even liked the way he ran, right? Yeah. At some point, I was like, this guy just looks so sweet. Oh, he he looks mean, like a toddler. Yeah. He looks like a mom <laughs> chasing a toddler. He's He's got the feet when he runs. I feel like kind of reminds me of Darren Sproles a little yeah. bit just because they move so quickly because yeah. he's short. And yeah. then he's got that really, really smooth slide because yeah. you can tell he's a baseball player, uh-huh. right? So he uh-huh. just gets down on the ground and, and like pops yeah. right back up. Uh, yeah. Dude, everything that he does seems very suave and just yeah. knows what he's doing. He's under control, right? The game is not too fast for him. Right. He's too fast for the game at this point. Uh-huh. Um, again, I- incredible game week one. Not what we were expecting. Running back, running backs for the Cardinals, uh, kind of a mixed bag between the two. Edmonds had 12 carries, 63 yards. Uh, Connor had 16 carries, 53 yards. Edmonds, less carries, more efficient there. Edmonds did also catch four passes out of the backfield, so that's kind of his added value there for uh, PPR leagues. Hopkins doing Hopkins stuff, 83 yards, two touchdowns. And Christian Kirk, man, this guy is just – it feels like he's been on this roster for a decade. I don't know what it is, but Christian Kirk just always hangs around and – Makes timely plays, 70 catches, two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, that's what Christian Kirk does. Sometimes he scores three touchdowns. Sometimes he just doesn't show up yep. for the game. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like Tyler Lockett. Uh, I would say he's like a poor man's Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett's numbers look really inflated at the end of the season, like 10 touchdowns, 1,000 yards. But if you really dissect th- that data, you see that, like, he gets three touchdowns in one game, and there's, like, four games with no touchdowns, and he gets, like, two touchdowns in yep. one game. 
So yeah. always remember that kind of stuff, that type of stats when you uh, draft players or pick up players. Yeah. On the other side of the coin, the disappointing Titans. Ryan Tannehill, only 212 yards, one touchdown through an interception. Derrick Henry, only 17 carries, 58 yards, um, no touchdowns. Tannehill, Tannehill had their one touchdown rushing and then threw that touchdown to A.J. Brown, uh, who had four catches, 49 yards. But Chester Rogers actually led the team with uh, rush, uh, receiving yards. Excuse me, Julio Jones. Uh, first game as a Titan, only three catches, 29 yards. Did have six targets. A.J. Brown led them with eight targets. Chester Rogers also had six. Um, obviously, I don't think anybody wants to overreact to the Titans' week one offensive woes. I think a lot of people still expect a lot of stuff out of top five pick Der- Derrick Henry, you know, second round pick A.J. Brown probably, third, fourth round pick Julio Jones. So um, still a lot to expect. Do we think Ryan Tannehill is a viable starter this year? Um, I think so. I think so. Just not yet. You know, everybody, you draft your quarterback for a reason, and there's going to be 10 players you draft before Tannehill, most likely. And um, at this point, you know, it's week two now. You definitely cannot overreact, okay? There are players overreacting. Your fantasy players or um, owners, your other teammates or whatever you call them, if they're overreacting, you need to exploit that right now and get those players from them because there's a lot of players. I think I mentioned it last week. Everybody's selling on Zeke right now, but if you can trade for a player like, let's say, Brandon Jacobs, I would pull that Josh trigger. Jacobs. Or sorry, sorry, <laughs> Josh Jacobs. I would, I would pull that trigger ten out of ten times. You know, Brandon Jacobs. We'll, we'll talk about it more um, later. But you know, there's a lot of overreaction going on. So um, if you want to be a good fantasy player, you need to take advantage of things like that. Yep. Anytime you hear anybody after week one being like, "Yo, man, you want so and so," and it's a big name, and they had a subpar week. That's your indication that they mm-hmm. are genuinely interested in trading for him, and you take that bait. Yes. So uh, something to note. Let's move right along. This game was crazy. The 49ers pretty much were dominating this entire game at the Detroit Lions. They do end up pulling away and winning this one 41-33, to uh, but the game was like 41-14 to 14 or something, and the Lions scored like 24 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, doing really weird like Lions stuff. I feel like we see that from them a lot, but – Making this game a little bit closer than it was, it felt like a domination the entire game. Um, obviously, a lot to unpack on the 49ers side. Uh, the biggest thing, probably, uh, let's touch on it first, is uh, Raheem Mostert. Yeah, he's out for season. I mean, at best, he could come back week eight. But um, like I mentioned last week with these knee injuries, all they really tell <laughs> you is that his knee is hurt. His knee is hurt. <laughs> they don't give you any more information. So I was waiting. I was looking for some data on Sunday night. And they just mentioned he had a knee problem uh, on Monday. However, um, the coach actually spoke to the media and he mentioned that there was some sort of cartilage issue of some sort, right? And in my field, whenever there's a cartilage issue in the knee, that's a meniscus tear or some sort of, you know, it's usually like a parrot beak tear where like a little piece comes off and it just irritates the inside of the knee joint. Can you imagine how painful that is? I can because I had that happen to me and I had surgery for it. So it's not something um, you can play with. So you have to have surgery for something like this. And uh, Mostert's going to go ahead and do that. That might take, you know, he's going to be in the IR or he's not going to play at all for the rest of the season. Keep an eye out for that. But, but there is some light here yep. with. Where's the Christmas gift here at the under Christmas the tree? The Christmas gift here comes with the name of Eli Mitchell. Eli Mitchell had 19 carries. Um with 104 yards and one touchdown. He looked electric out there. Fast as hell. Yeah, he looked great. 5.5 average, and I believe um, 
they didn't really entertain any other backs after Moster got out with mm-hmm. two carries for 20 yards. So Michael Hastie's in the in the um, um, what's it called the 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 backfield. He's a part of their squad, but he only got one carry for three yards. He did steal a touchdown. Vulture. Vulture. Vulture of the week. But um, actually, no, this is not the vulture of the week because Eli <laughs> Mitchell a vulture 19 <laughs> carries. <laughs> but, yeah, um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for Eli Mitchell. He should actually be number one on your waiver target. So go get him. Go get him. If you have three running backs, if you have four running backs that are, you know, potential starters, it does not matter. You can never have too many running backs because t- towards the end of the season, going to be a lot of injuries, going to be a lot of players in your league that are going to be trading for running backs. So it's never too much to have too many running backs. So go – Put that waiver claim on Eli Mitchell and feast. Yep. He is the top waiver claim for us this week, our premier waiver claim. Yeah. He's available. On yeah. He should be available. <laughs> yeah. Last time I checked, he was available in 99.3% of the leagues. <laughs> yep. Moved down to 97%, but that's pretty much all of you. So go get Eli Mitchell if you have the number one pick um, in the waiver claims. Receiving core, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, again, let's touch on him real quick. Uh, nothing super crazy. Did throw for 314 yards, had a touchdown, that bomb that Debo Samuel pretty much mossed the guy, and then there was nobody in front of him. So Debo Samuel, um, I didn't reap. I repped the other side of the benefits, not the benefits, the losses as I was playing against Debo Samuel. He had 189 yards, touchdown, 12 targets, 12 targets. George Kittle, four, four catches, 78 yards, only on five targets, and then uh, nobody else really was targeted more than three times there. So, um I mean, what is that imp- kind of what? What are those implications fantasy wise? Is that really sustainable? Where Debo Samuel is the primary workhorse to that extent, um, or are we expecting that uh, at some point they are going to reform back to having a much more run heavy offense that's you know catered around play action, primarily focusing with Kittle? What do we think? Um, so they're going to run. They're going to run until they can't run anymore. This is what they do. This is their bread and butter. They use multiple running backs. They run. Unfortunately, they don't have enough running backs, so they might be picking up some guys here this week. Um, you know, the big names are still out there. Um, I'm not sure if they will do that, but, you know, there's players like Todd Gurley still out there. Not sure if he can fit into this fast-paced run-first offense, but, you know, it's just something to look out for. Just keep an eye out for players, big-name players with no homes because I mentioned I called the uh, Latavius Murray to um, the Ravens. the Ravens last week. You know, there's like – you have to be ahead of everybody else if you want to pick up these players because there's nowadays there's data all over the internet on who to pick up, what to pick up. Anybody and their moms can just click on something and figure out what to do. So you need to be one step ahead of them. So um, that being said, you did ask about if Debo Samuel's production can be sustained. I think it can because he's one of those receivers that's not built like a receiver. He's built like a running back. Mm-hmm. So he can take the damage. He can get 12 targets, get hit 11 of those times and still bounce right back up. He's had injuries, you know, and Kittle's always there. Ayuk's always there. So, you know, I think Debo Samuel can actually sustain this, believe it or not. I think he's going to take a lot of hits down the middle and get right back up. And he can also stretch the field like we saw on that bomb. So the reason he doesn't, he hasn't been very, a big name in fantasy um, and in the NFL is because of all the injuries. He's just not on the field that often. But when he is, it's always nice to have a running back out there playing like a receiver. So... You know, I think I'm a fan of Debo. I'm a fan of Debo. Fan of Debo. Yeah, and 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 on the other side of the coin, Chauvet, you have Jared Goff, right? Um, new new home in Detroit. Uh, traded with Matty Staff and uh, put up big numbers: 338 yards through three touchdowns. A lot of that probably in garbage time as they were climbing back. Did have right. an interception, um, and did you know sort of kind of find some favorites in terms of some targets. Hawkinson 
Uh, Shashoda, I know you were big on him. Eight catches, 97 yards, had a touchdown on 10 targets. And then their backfield, DeAndre Swift, the running back, eight catches, 65 yards, a touchdown on 11 targets. Yeah. Third most targets was their other running back, Jamal Williams, eight catches, 56 yards. So um, Goff does like throwing to them running backs. I know from a rushing standpoint, uh, Swift only had 11 carries to Jamal's nine. Jamal did get to the touchdown. But uh, what do you like from a fantasy perspective out of this Lions offense uh, moving forward? Yeah, if you're in a PPR league and your running back's getting that many targets, I mean, that's amazing, yeah. right? 11 targets, 9 targets from your running back. I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy with that. that that's, that's, that's just great. Jared Goff, I think, is also he's, – he's never been a bad quarterback. No. I think, I mean, people give him – say that he's a system quarterback and, and with the Rams, but I think he's, he's fairly decent. And I think with, these, with the Lions, uh, are you going to go and pick him up on your fantasy team? Probably not. Right. Um, but, you know – you're going to pick up everyone else, like Hawkinson and Swift. I mean, obviously, you already have them, but, you know. Yeah, he, he's, he's making the guys around him fi- fantasy viable, which is good. And, that I mean, that's something we didn't know uh, how much that was going to be. But DeAndre Swift, again, had an incredible game. I think he was, like, top five running backs with points scored this week just out of all the catches he had. Um, so that was kind of ridiculous. Probably, again, testament to them being down by, like, 24 points in the fourth and uh, playing catch-up. I, I think Jamal Williams outscored. DeAndre Swift this week. Did he? As far as fantasy goes, depends on what type of league you're in, I, I guess. But um, I think it's very. It was very close. Yeah, I mean, like both had a touchdown. Uh, both had the same amount of catches. Uh, Jamal Williams had point one <laughs> more fantasy. <laughs> wow. Points. Wow. Oh, sorry, sorry. No. Point six. No. Nope. One point six. <laughs> one point six. Yeah. Uh, we're not a math pod. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, th- that almost makes you wonder if both those running backs could possibly be starters on your fantasy team. Yeah, I think at this rate, I think what they're doing, um, they really, really, really don't want to throw it to the receivers. They don't have receivers to throw <laughs> to. You want me to name you the receivers? Uh, Khalif Raymond was the <laughs> only receiver that had um, three targets or more. Amon Ra St. Brown. I picked up, I drafted him in a couple leagues just for jokesies because they had no other wide receivers. It's like somebody's got to have to catch. But even he played like crap. Two receptions, 22. They couldn't get separation. Yeah. They could not get away from these cornerbacks and these linebackers. They were just – it was not going to happen. So then Goff, you know, game plan shifted a little bit, just dump-offs, dump-offs. And these receivers are pretty – these running backs are pretty good as far as catching goes, you know. So it worked out for them. Um, Although they got a loss, it was a moral victory for the Lions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, San Francisco pulls pulls that one out, forty-one to thirty-three. Uh, let's move on. Show that your Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the Buffalo Bills, uh, one of our marquee matchups of the week. And um, you know what? I'll just give you your spotlight since it's your team. Tell us what happened, what you liked. Yeah, that defense. Watch out! Watch out for that defense. I mean, I was have, like super impressed with how they played. We're able to stop Josh Allen. I know we talked about Josh Allen regressing this year, and yep. he sure showed signs of that. Um, and so that that was that was great to see from the defensive standpoint. Um, that and then to the offense, man, so many weapons. Juju Smith, who looks huge, yeah, looks like he can catch anything. He's trucking um, guys. Yeah, trucking guys. Claypool out here making some um, mossing, amazing yeah. catches. In yeah, the he, Claypool even had a run for twenty-five yards. Yeah, I'm um, just that offense. I mean, obviously Big Ben 
was not accurate. Right. There were times where we saw Big Ben. We were wondering Mo- most of the game. Yeah. Why? I was, I was concerned. Why did he just throw that? I mean, or how could he possibly have thrown it that way? Easy out. Yeah. And just you know overthrows. I I still think Josh Allen played way worse than Big Ben did. Josh Allen was throwing grounders out yeah. there. He was basically like Rondo throwing bounce passes to his receivers. It was it was reminding me of Josh Allen from like two years ago, where we had like this guy looks like he has the potential to be really good if he like hones in on like his touch of his passing, right? His progression. And it just seemed like he was rushed. I don't know if that was the Steelers, you know, defense with play calling and schemes and what they've I'm seen sure on tape. Of, it was um, but, he, I mean, he had a couple of touchdowns wide open that yeah. he overthrew, put no air under the ball, like just kind of zoomed them right yeah. there. And So um, so just to give you the next-gen stats on that, right, like yeah. we talked about how Josh Allen might have been less accurate than Roethlisberger. So the completion percentage for Josh Allen was 58. Mm-hmm. Um, completion percent for um, – Ben was 56. Mm-hmm. There's an ex- expected completion percentage, uh-huh. right? The difference between uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Josh Allen is about 1%. So Ben Roethlisberger was less accurate than Josh mm. Allen. But, I mean, wow. it was but so very close. Small. They played very similar, just, just yeah. terrible <laughs> in, in, on, on yeah. both sides. You, I, it, this, is, this game was just a product of good Steeler defense. Yep. You know, they just kind of beat him up. They just kept beating him up, beating him up. And then in the fourth quarter, scored 17 points. To Buffalo six, and that ended up being the uh, the main factor here. Yeah, I think the I think the best fantasy player on this entire in this entire game was the Steelers defense. I think they scored the most points. I mean, Big Ben only 188 yards, only had one touchdown. Yeah. Najee Harris seemed like the line couldn't really block much for him. Only 16 carries, 45 yards. Uh, and then the receiving core, like we mentioned, Deontay caught the touchdown, but only 36 yards. Did he, did he have a drop today or Sunday? Uh, I c- you know, I feel like we would have noticed that because that's something we expect, and I, I don't remember seeing that. Um, we'll have to double-check that. We, sh- we should throw a party because he didn't drop a pass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is definitely something to celebrate because we talked the about tides are turning. Deontay's capabilities if he does not drop the pass right. as much as he did last year. Yeah. Even if he cut that down a fraction, his the possibilities, the upside is tremendous, right? Mm-hmm. There, there was a time where we thought he was going to get injured. And oh, yeah, he, he was. Get, I think he left the field, he left, right? He left yep. the field. Uh, but came back strong mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, scored a touchdown, yeah. so yeah. it was okay. Josh Allen, again, had 270 yards, only threw for a touchdown. Running backs for the Bills, always not relative or relevant, but Singletary did have 72 yards on only 11 carries. Uh, receiving core, Diggs, targeted 14 times, so it looks like he's still going to get the lion's share. Beasley did also have 13, but they each caught 9-8 balls respectively. Uh, but no like standout stats from anybody, right? No fantasy, like, man, I really loved – that how that guy performed and uh, I had the Steelers on the bench so their defense so nobody really did well uh, but Steelers win a big big matchup week one right we had talked about the Steelers being you know over under eight and a half wins on the season Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season and nine wins is above 500 and this was a big win to check off week one at Buffalo quick quick little um, stat that should be of notice of why this game the w- went the way it did Josh Allen had two fumbles and Devin Singletary had two fumbles. Yep. Can't win games like that. No. Can't be putting the ball on the ground that many times, especially against the Steelers defense. Um, but Steelers pull away 23-16. Again, fun game to watch. And uh, let's get right to the next game on the board. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles were at the Atlanta Falcons and um, early season favorites for the worst team in the league. Um, yeah. The Atlanta Falcons might be up there. I mean, Eagles – by no means were we expecting them to be a you know a dominant threat this season, right? They had the they had some upside. We definitely saw the potential in their young guns. But thirty-two to six completely dominated this one-sided game. Uh, Eagles' offense looked phenomenal. Their defense was all over Matt Ryan. Um, 
let's start with the offense. I know Shisho, you were big on Jalen Hurts this year, and I think he week one at least he looked every bit as incredible as we expected him to be. Yes, yes, one of the few dual threat quarterbacks that actually dual threaded. Um, so you know, um, three touchdowns for Jalen Hurts. Not surprising. He did run around quite often, although he got rid of the ball because there was a few plays where I was like, dude, you have so much open space in front of you. Get me more fantasy points. But um, he actually played like an NFL quarterback rather than like a young quarterback yep. running around with his head cut off and just taking off every time. Yep. So that was something that was very promising. I have Jalen Hurts in my top five quarterbacks of the year. So it was nice seeing him play, you know, like a top five quarterback. I think he led – did he have more fantasy points than – no, Kyler Murray had more points, but he had more yeah, points than Kyla, Russell Wilson, right? Kyler Murray did have more points. Jalen Hurts was fifth. Over Russell Wilson. Over Russell Wilson, over guys like Dak, mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Yeah, so I don't think this is a fluke is what I'm trying to get at with Hurts. Um, he's not had a good receiving core, but this year, these two young guns, Devonta Smith and Jalen Rieger, each with six receptions, eight targets. So Rieger caught all all six of his targets. Um and they both got a touchdown each, and Goddard got one of those three from Hertz as well. Um, but, you know, nothing exciting as far as, you know, one player's getting more yards than the other. They played pretty evenly, which is good as a team because as a defense, you don't know who to guard, you know? You don't know who to shadow more yeah. because they evenly played this out so well. So I think these are all good signs for Jalen Hurts. I think the sky's a limit playing in that subpar division mm-hmm. you know when, when they play the cowboys their defense is trash too so you, he's going to put up a lot of points he's going to play the giants he put up a lot of points um and if washington's defense um kind of looked a little sus against the chargers if they keep playing like that he's going to put up points against them too yeah and that uh, atlanta did not look good no uh, mike davis with just 49 yards on 15 attempts um not not very pleased with that um Going back to the Eagles, I'm just going to piggyback what you said about the receivers. I know that, Sukar, you're big on Rager, and yep. I, I'm, I'm big on Devontae Smith. It was kind of cool to see both of them getting a, a touchdown and, and six targets. So, yeah, um, yeah it, was, it, was, it was a good game for the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles were flying high. Their offense looks really good. Sanders doing a little bit of both with the catching and the running. Um, and, again, just want to note a couple guys that you know people take early on on the other side of the coin with the Falcons. Ridley had five catches, 51 yards, eight targets. Pitts, I know a lot of people were taking him very, very early. Four catches, 31 yards. They both did have eight targets, so it looks like Matty Ice is looking both of their ways, but just an absolutely abysmal performance from the Falcons at home. Man, I mean, it's I know it's early, but ha- at home, week one, and you put up six points, like, have they already started from rock bottom at this point? I mean, how can they get any worse? They'll probably put up six points only (laughs) next week, too, playing the Buccaneers. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So I take that back. This is not rock bottom. There's a chance that next week could actually be rock bottom for the Falcons. Um, So one positive thing out of this as for fantasy purposes, um, so Mike Davis had 15 carries for 49 yards. Um, They did play from behind pretty much all game. To get 15 carries when you get slaughtered 32 to six is a really, really good sign. Um, imagine if they were, if they were the ones winning 32 to six, that could be like 30 carries. Yeah, you know, so that's pretty good. And another surprise, pretty much the biggest surprise, at least for me, out of all the games we talked about, is Cordero Patterson with seven carries and 54 yards. He they have made him into a running back. Yep. He's officially not a receiver anymore. He's going pure running back. He did catch two passes, but they're using him. You know, um, he has the size of Derrick Henry. He's he's muscular. He's fast. Um, he's big. I think they're trying to use him as, like, more of a change of pace, like, you know, do some trick plays here and there. 
but um, he's not going to be pretty any relevant. You don't need to pick him up right now. But it's interesting to see in a game where they're getting slaughtered, they're running the ball. They're not running, going away from the running. You yeah, know? yeah. So maybe they should have gotten away from the running, but they <laughs> didn't. But this is a good sign for Mike Davis owners. Uh, if your running back has probably the worst game of the season as a team and he's still getting 15 carries, he's startable. Yeah, that's encouraging. That's encouraging. Uh, Falcons competing for the number one draft pick already. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Let's get into the next game. Very exciting game. Uh, Cleveland Browns were at the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Browns took the lead early in this one. I know we were watching it, and uh, Browns had, you know, were up 15 to 3, and then they were up 22 to 10. Um, and it looked like they were legitimately going to have a shot, but I know realistically uh, some of us on the floor here uh, did not expect that, and we're still waiting for the Chiefs to come back and win. Chiefs, Chiefs do end up coming back and winning this 33-29. to 29. A lot of scoring. Um, not much I really want to highlight just because of the fact that a lot of what the Chiefs did were expected, right? Mahomes putting up Mahomes' numbers. Uh, Tyreek Hill, just unreal. I mean, 11, 11 catches, 197 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, next level stuff. Kelsey with this classic 76 yards, but two touchdowns. And so Mahomes gets three total touchdowns and Mahomes also runs one in. So um, again, all of those seem very, very expected. All those yeah. guys were high on the board and they all produced week one. Uh, anything you want to touch on with those guys? Um, not much when I asked Shirley when he's going to give me my 10 bucks for losing the bet. He said the Browns are going to win. I said the Chiefs are going to win. Yeah. And, I, and the, you know what? The Browns were even up in the game when we made this. I score. remember were, this. It was a 12 point game. The Browns yeah. were up. Uh, Chauvet thought the Browns were still going to pull it out. Shashot yeah. was convinced that the Chiefs would come back. And I mean, I think it was just a stellar performance by Patrick Mahomes. I mean, nothing short of amazing. When he threw that ball to Tyreek Hill and, uh, you know, off his back foot, just running full speed yeah. to the sidelines on the right side, right? Yeah. Sidearm winding it, throwing it, what, 60 yards in the air? Yeah. As, as far as that offensive, um, like, you know, the play call and everything, I think that the Browns did everything that they could have. Um, yeah, were, Browns played they amazing. Were very close to actually winning that game, mm-hmm. and um, you know, just Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Patrick this, Mahomes this game is just this is just what the Chiefs do. You know, um, everybody thinks they figured out the Chiefs, and yeah. just nobody does. Yeah. And you can't, you really can't, when you have such dynamic players that can do so many different things. You know, and um, I feel like there's only one way really you could possibly even think about slowing them down, and you have to play pretty much. Cover three the whole game. You have to. You know, you have to put three guys deep and then four guys covering the middle of the field. That leaves a lot of holes here and there, but you just have to cross your fingers and pray to God that Kelsey or Hill doesn't catch the ball. You have to force these other guys to catch it. You have to force these no-namers to run it. Um, that is it, you know. Like, there's you can't stop this team. Look no. at this game was won by the Browns. This game was, you know, all they have to do is just play smart. And no matter how well they played it, just Chiefs came out on top. Yeah. Uh, again, to note, just from stats on the other side, I know I know the um, Browns did have a couple of turnovers. Baker threw that interception late. Uh, they had a turnover on downs where they went for it. They had a fumble. Uh, so turnovers against the Chiefs, never a good recipe. Uh, Baker, I mean, again, all we really expected him to do, like we talked about, all he has to do is manage the game, not make mistakes. Did throw the pick. Um, had 321 yards. Chubb doing Chubb things, 83 yards, two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt doing Kareem Hunt things, only getting six carries, but also still stealing a touchdown with 33 yards. Uh, and then Kareem Hunt catching three catches for 28 yards. Chubb had two for 18. And 
Uh, Baker did spread it out a little bit with Njoku with 76 yards, Landry with 71, Schwartz with 69. It'll be interesting to see OBJ did not play in suit up, so when he comes back, what's that going to look like? Um, but we know the Browns' recipe typically is just running the ball first. So they're a run-first team uh, built around play action and things of that. So uh, great game, close game. Um, can I give you some quick facts about why these Chiefs are unstoppable? Yeah, go for it. So Tyreek Hill is the first player in NFL history with 50-plus rece- receiving touchdowns, 5-plus rushing touchdowns, and 5-plus return touchdowns. Wow. First player ever to do that. And Patrick Mahomes was one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if not when it's all said and done, the greatest quarterback of all time has a weapon like that. Yeah. And um, number two, um, putting up the points, the Chiefs have scored 30-plus points for the 29th time since 2018. That's second most in the NFL. I don't know who the first most is, but this just shows you the Chiefs have no problem putting up points. Yep. So when you have these Swiss Army Knife players with like Hill, you have this leader like Mahomes, and they're all putting up points, how do you beat them? Yep. They, they really don't seem beatable. That's why I think we were all over on their team total wins. Yeah. And also the Chiefs have not missed the playoffs when starting 1-0 and since 2005. Wow. So they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, again, we I've talked about Mahomes, right? Best quarterback in the league. Anytime Mahomes is on the field, as long as he's healthy, your team always has a chance to win. Um, you're never out of any game. As a Chiefs fan, that's got to just be super exciting. Like, I feel like even as non-Chiefs fans, we were watching the game, third quarter, close to the end or middle of the third quarter, they're down 12, and I felt like I still expected the Chiefs to win. Yeah, there right? was literally – there was no I mean, point. It, w- it wasn't just you, right? It was yeah. Vegas as well. Yeah. Right. At, yeah. at no point did exactly. the line go over. Yeah, um, I, I'm pretty sure one. even at that point, the Chiefs were like maybe one-point dogs or 1. Yeah. 1.5, so even Vegas was expecting it to still be a close game. Right. So. The expectations with the Chiefs are until literally the clock hits zero mm-hmm. and you see that they have less points than the other team, they're always going to have a chance to come back and win. So um, expected performance by them. Browns, uh, I don't know, moral victories are whatever to me, so not really anything. They but played their heart out, you know. They played so well. Chubb did Chubb things. Hunt did Hunt things. Baker did Baker things. You know, Landry went back to pass and ran it. All, <laughs> Landry you know, things. Landry things. Everybody's doing great. It's just not good enough to beat the – you know, you have to yeah. score 30 points at this point to yeah. beat the Chiefs. There's got to be – if you're trying to beat the Chiefs, if you're keeping it that close, there always has to be one big play or unexpected play or X-factor play that you have to come up with or pull out of your ass, and that's the difference maker. And you can't just do what you're supposed to do. That sometimes won't get it done with a team like the Chiefs. Yeah, and I think that that play to Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill is a cover one and not a cover three. Yikes. So maybe they do that. Yeah, Yikes. that's don't ever do that. That's a <laughs> horrible strategy against Tyreek Hill. Um, anyways, Chiefs pull that one away. Uh, expected. Moving on. The Green Bay Packers, uh, another crazy game that the turnout was probably not what a lot of people expected. They're at the Saints, the new Saints, the Jameis Winston Saints, the famous Jameis Saints. Uh, 38-3. to <laughs> I mean, 38-3. to You know. Three points for the Packers. Week one, Aaron Rodgers coming out with all that stuff, Looking all that drama. Um, yeah, I, Deon, yeah, I mean, they still have the same offense. What went wrong here? <laughs> it, it literally felt like that, right? It's just hard to kind of put into I'm, words how the Packers could possibly muster together such an abysmal I, I think, offensive performance. I think it, it has a lot to do with just arrogance at this point, honestly. Like, they didn't have much time to practice. You know, Aaron Rodgers was just coming A lot of late. drama. And they have a lot of new faces on the team. Um, whether I mean, they're not on in key positions, but there's a lot of changes going around. And if they're not gelling, you know, if you're not working together as a team, you're going to have problems. I don't care who you have as your quarterback. Yep. Um, another, you know, crazy stat you don't see from a legend like Aaron Rodgers is last year he had like what five picks or four picks? Yeah, five something picks really low. All season long and he had two picks in a span of three plays this game. That's just not Aaron Rodgers like and he was flustered early and 
you know, being down early, it just, you know, they didn't even score any points in the second half. No touchdowns in the game, right? Aaron yeah. Rodgers, 133 yards, two interceptions. Running backs, they're non yeah, I, I mentioned, existent. I mentioned earlier, he could, Aaron Rodgers could have just snapped the ball and spiked it each possession. His QB rating would have been better than what he did in this game. <laughs> that's insane. Like, that's me. an actual fact. It, it, I mean, I don't, we're not getting into conspiracies here, but with somebody that's that good, at what point are you like, is this guy just trying to fuck with the franchise? <laughs> like, I mean, that it felt like that, and then you saw him on the sidelines just kind of chilling, chilling like this, and yeah. you're like, does he have a care in the world at this point or not? But um, fantasy implications, running backs, non-existent. I know Aaron Jones, five carries, nine yards. Dylan, four carries, 19 yards. Hill had five carries, 14 yards. Um, receiving core, Adams, seven targets, five catches. Uh, but again, n- nothing on the offense, <laughs> offensive side on the Packers to be remotely excited about. But flipping on to the other side, right? Saints, famous Jameis. Jameis Winston, a lot of question marks, a lot of skepticism. Comes out and pretty much balls out. He didn't have to do much to ball out. He threw right. only 20 passes. Only having to throw 20 passes, completed 14 of them. Only had 148 yards passing, right. but yeah. threw five touchdowns. Yeah. Five touchdowns. Five touchdowns to four different p- players, right? Deontay Harris with that bomb. Juwan Johnson caught two touchdowns. Chris Hogan, out of nowhere, Still catches alive. a touchdown. Still Alvin Kamara doing Kamara things, catching a touchdown. Also had 83 yards on the ground on 20 carries. Um, but that offense just seemed efficient. The Packers seemed like duds, could not move the ball, would not change field position. It seemed like the uh, the Saints were getting a cl- easier field the entire game, but it was one of those where from start to finish for the Packers, it was awful. Yeah, man. I, I think the number one reason this went down the way it did is not so much on the Packers, it's more on the quarterback situation in, in New Orleans. I, I don't think Sean Payton's had a legitimate quarterback that can sling it downfield for years. We've had an old Drew Brees dunk, dinking and dunking, throwing lobs, you know, like lame ducks. He, he gets the job done. He's, I think he's the most accurate quarterback of all time. But now he has this weapon in Jameis who was always skilled. He's been skilled since he entered the league, but he just wasn't mentally there. He made a lot of mistakes that he shouldn't make. He forced things into place that he shouldn't. And that's where Sean, Mc, uh, not Sean McVay, but Sean Payton comes into play. He sets his players straight. That's what he does. That's why this is such a winning franchise. And I think we, we're watching the product just unravel in front of us. Don't be surprised if Jameis Winston leads the league in touchdowns and not in interceptions this year. Yeah, I was hoping more for Callaway. Um, That's, I'm, bl- I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I was. I, I thought that he would be a clear number one, uh, given that Michael Thomas wasn't there. Just one reception, and there's just so much passing. So many mouths to feed. Right, exactly, yeah. to everyone else. <laughs> yeah. So maybe Callaway does better uh, next week and, and moving forward, but uh, – wasn't impressed with that. They have they have the receiving core right now or the weapons where it seems like any given week it could be a new guy, yeah, right? That, so it makes it scary as a fantasy fantasy yeah. perspective from a receivers on their team. Uh-huh. Uh, but Kamara obviously doing what he does. Right. Winston viable fantasy starter if he's gonna if he's gonna you know be putting up numbers like this in this offense. Um, and I'm sure again on the other side of the coin as abysmal as their performance was, there's not a single Packer that would be rostered right now that we have to worry about yeah yeah yeah. no they're all be fine i'm starting aaron Rodgers again i won despite his lackluster performance in my fantasy league but i'm starting him with full confidence next week no worries yeah packers drop a big one there at the saints 38 to 3 great performance from the saints good to see for Jameis winston moving right along the denver broncos were at the new york giants uh broncos under the helm with teddy bridgewater this year uh, 27-13, Broncos pulled that one away. Uh, Broncos will start 1-0, Giants 0-1. Uh, 
you know, some fantasy relevance here in this game. Uh, injuries to talk about. Uh, let's talk with. Let's start with Teddy Bridgewater repping the jersey. That's our boy. Uh, I mean, Teddy looked impressive. He he was slinging the ball downfield. Twenty eight for thirty six, two sixty four, two touchdowns, mm-hmm. no interceptions. Um, running around, making plays. And again, it felt like he was throwing the ball more downfield than I'm typically accustomed to seeing him throw it. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I, I love Teddy Bridgewater. I've loved him since college. I've loved him on our team. I even love him when he's not on our team. And this is why, you know, this is why he's just a such a wholesome dude. He gets the job done. He can he can do he doesn't have a limitation on what he can do. It's just a matter of him actually doing it. You know, people say he has a weak arm. He doesn't. He can sling it down 50 yards down the yep. field. Um, he can run. He can take off. You know, he's had a he had terrible injury. He's back from that, playing lights out, 28 for 36, you know, and he got the job done. He got the job done just enough to beat the Giants, which isn't that hard of a task, Mm -hmm. but he did it in a way where this was never in question. Like the Denver Broncos had this game the whole time. Um, And one more thing, Melvin Gordon, you know, I've been saying. Shout out. Another one of your calls early season. Honestly, I don't get why this guy just doesn't get a bulk of any team's carries. This man is a starter. For any team, if he, you know, he could beat out your starter because he's skilled. He's skilled. He's been skilled since the Charger days. He still got in the tank. You, you saw that long run of his. Um, I think the Javante Williams concern is legitimate. They will definitely try to feed Javante Williams yeah. um, eventually, but maybe they'll figure it out. If, jo- if Melvin Gordon plays another game like he did this game, Javante Williams is a trade candidate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 14 yeah. to 11 carries there. Um, my, my biggest takeaway is the injury to Jerry Judy that, yeah. that yeah. We, ha- we saw. Um, so maybe we see more of Cortland Sutton now because uh, he didn't get targeted uh, much. Two, mm-hmm. uh, two, three targets, just one reception, 14 yards. Um, so I'm looking at that and, and uh, maybe consider starting Sutton moving forward. The thing that te- that I noticed with Teddy even in the past is he does love to spread the ball around. It makes it really difficult for one guy to pri- be like a primary or, or, or even a viable fantasy starter. But with Judy going down, um, yeah, you would expect an uptick for Sutton. Uh, again, Noah Fan had eight targets. Hamler, Patrick, four each. Gordon, three. So, again, he loves spreading the ball around. Uh, what was the injury to Judy? Did we so, figure that out? So, yeah, it looked really, really scary at first. looked like he broke his ankle. But turns out, um, after a couple of minutes, we found out it was a high ankle sprain, which is not good. You know, you're never happy about a high ankle sprain. It's one of the most ambiguous injuries in, you know, just sports. It's just so ambiguous. You can have a very, very... Um, low-grade high ankle sprain, you can come back in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Some players, uh, I think Michael Thomas had a high ankle sprain, I think, last year, um, and it led to him just sitting out a lot of games. Yeah, I had him. So, so you know, this, this injury is not um, – it's not predictable. This is one of the, the most unpredictable injuries in sports. <coughs> okay, so <coughs> looking at – the defense, <coughs> do you guys think B- Denver Broncos defense is worth starting in any of these leagues? I think so. Yeah, I think I think they're they're back to where they were uh, a couple <coughs> years ago when um, I'm drawing a blank, but uh, Miller Miller, yeah, when Von Miller uh, was 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 in the lineup, he was injured <laughs> all, almost all last year. Now he's back, um, and so I, I was I was impressed with the Broncos defense. I, I think. Um, it would be a viable start. I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't know uh, how that's looking, but I think they're pretty high on the strength of schedule. <coughs> Excuse me. As far as like easy. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, they looked they looked really good. They looked really good. I know they, they held Saquon to 26 yards on 10 carries. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect Saquon to do well. I still don't expect Saquon to do well. If you have Saquon, get rid of Saquon. Um, it's going to take him time to get back to his regular Saquon self, and right. that'll take months. I, I am a firm believer this is not going to – you know, he'll break one off here and there, but this game was a perfect example. This game was a perfect example of how things go down. How <coughs> many – did he catch any passes? I think he caught like one pass for one yard. Yep. Yeah, yep. caught one pass for one yard. Usually, when the, your team is down this much with a star running back that can catch, you feed that man. You know, you're, when the other team's starting to cover the deep balls at the end of the game because you know they don't want you to come back, they you heavily target your running backs. And the fact that the Giants didn't even give Saquon an opportunity says so much. Says so much. He's the biggest playmaker on that team, and they felt uncomfortable giving him the ball late in the game. So that tells you everything you need to know. You need to stay away from Saquon. Get rid of Saquon. You know, he'll have your games. You can feel bad about him going off a couple games. But overall, this injury risk is just way too high to be stressing out about every week. And not not that great of an offensive line offense that has a ton of question marks. They're bad. They're expected to be down a lot. So who knows what's going to happen with Saquon long term, right? Right. What about Sterling Shepard? I know you wanted to talk about him. Yeah, yeah, I think he's. Uh, I'm, I'm picking him up. I'm picking him up. I'm putting up a uh, waiver claim on him. He's, um, I guess, the longest tenured wide receiver out of all their big wide receivers, and I think the coaches, I think Daniel Jones, they just feel comfortable with him, and the nine targets um, tell that. You know, Slayton had seven targets, but only caught three of them. Sterling Shepard had nine targets, and he caught seven of them. He looked really strong in those catches. Um, went over 100 yards, caught a touchdown. In a team like this that's always going to be behind, most of the time going to be behind, um, you need to own their number one receiver. And it looks like at this rate, Shepard is going to be their number one <coughs> receiver. But don't sleep on Galladay because his talent level is just immense. He can go up and get anything uh, during those Lions days. You know, uh, being down, they would always feed Galladay late in the game. And this is a similar situation here, always being down. So, you know, don't be worried if you have Galladay. Just maybe not just yet. Keep him on your bench. Um flex maybe if you're desperate but he's a player to watch out for yeah good point good point um i know we've been running long on some of these uh, again we want to try to <clears throat> hit on every game and every you know important player stat uh whatever the case may be so we're running through these with the waiver wires and the injuries all covered in the same recap so a couple more games to get to miami was at new england uh this week with mac jones first start with the patriots uh, Tua coming back for the Dolphins. The Dolphins did pull this one out. Close game, 17-16. Um, <clears throat> let's start with Mac Jones. I know I know question marks with Mac Jones. People were high. Some people were low. Uh, Chauvet, uh, I'll let you take it from here first. Yeah, I, I was, I'm was. i pretty high on Mac Jones uh, this year. I think that he's a very accurate quarterback, capable quarterback, um, and he's got some some help with Nelson Aguero and J- James White. So um, just looking at his statistics, 281 yards. I know he only got one touchdown. Um, but the attempts are there, uh, 29 completions, you know, pleased with Mac Jones. And I, I don't know if he's a valuable starter <laughs> yet, uh, but surely uh, I think that, you know, that will that will come around. Um, but it was this was a low-scoring game. Um, the Miami Dolphins pulled out late 17-16, uh, so I think it, it, there wasn't much, I think, fantasy implications-wise, um, but, you know. That's, that's just the way it was, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> um, real quick, shout out to Will Jones, my uh, study partner back in medical school. So hope you're doing good out there, buddy. Your brother's killing it. So congratulations to the Jones family. Um, 
Yeah, I really like Mac Jones. Mac Jones is just tenacity. Like, his, did you guys see what happened when he scored his first touchdown? Mm-mm. So the receiver that scored the touchdown, I um, forgot who it was. Maybe, Agu- Aguilar. Maybe it was Aguilar. Um, he <coughs> ran up to Mac Jones and gave him the ball. Mac Jones took the ball, gave it to back to him. He ge- And then Aguilar, I think it was Aguilar, he gave it back to Mac Jones, and Mac Jones gave it and gave it to somebody else, all while running from the field to the sidelines. Wow. Oh, wow. So he was just like, you know, like, hot potato. I'm going to get 100 more of these. Yeah. Like, I don't want to dwell on this one. Yeah. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, Oh my this guy's God. different. Ma- Mamba mentality lives yeah. on. He's different. He's different. He, again, I j- what what was most impressive to me about Mac Jones was the fact that he was getting through progressions really well. He was making the secondary throws very effortlessly. A lot of accuracy on those throws. Um, it did not seem like he was a rookie. He did not seem flustered. My my fear with him coming out of college was coming from Alabama. In that system, you know, they they have a lot of pre-snap reads where quarterback's getting the ball out. He already knows what read he's going to make, right? So how was that going to translate with a Bill Belichick-run team in that Patriots offense? And, I mean, I'm already sad that the Vikings didn't take a chance at Matt Jones. I mean, he looks – Mac Jones, he looks really good. Um, And so, I mean, again, they don't come away with the win, but very encouraging signs for Mac Jones. Uh, Damian Harris was the lead running back there, 23 carries, 100 yards. It's pretty safe to say that guy is going to be the starter. Yep, he's he's definitely going to be the starter. Third down back, James White, going to do his thing, six catches, 49 yards. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye out for Nelson Aguilar, could develop as Mac Jones' favorite targets. Seven targets, uh, five catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. Jacoby Myers did also have five targets. And then their tight end duo, John o. Smith and Hunter Henry, each with five and three catches. Not really very um, effective this game. No, not at all. But, again, I, I think with the rookie quarterback – uh, once the defenses start to take away the longer throws and reads, the the tight ends are typically yeah. kind of their blank safety blanket, right? And it's right? the Patriots, right? They yep. love their tight ends. They do love their tight ends. They love their dual tight ends. And <clears throat> on the other side of the coin, uh, anything worth mentioning from the Dolphin side? Tua, yeah, 200 yards, touchdown, had an interception. Uh, running backs, Miles Gaskin led the pack with only nine carries and 49 yeah, yards. But you know, this game, I think this is an outlier for Gaskin. I think he is going to be pretty good this year. Um, He's very, very slept on. Very, very slept on. Drafted really late. He had a monster year last year until he got hurt, and then they started doing this Salvan Nachmed kind of stuff. <laughs> but I think um, Gaskin, Gaskin is the running back to have here. Don't be afraid because he had nine carries, and Malcolm Butler had five, and uh, Ahmed had three. You know, they were kind of like very um, hesitant on just relying on one running back. But that's because they just didn't hold the ball. They had so many three and outs, and. You know, they just weren't playing good football. But thankful for them, neither was New England for most of the game. But, they, you know, um, they found a way to pull this out. And I think a lot of it has to do with their young wide receiver, Jalen Waddell, um, one of the favorites of this draft to lead the league in uh, rookie wide receiver um, rankings. He had four receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown, which was the best stat line for um, the Dolphins. Yeah, and Devontae Parker, we had mentioned, going undrafted in some drafts, maybe late drafts, and the talent is still there with Devontae Parker. I don't know why the drop-off from a projection standpoint still had still led led the team with seven targets, four catches, 81 yards. Uh, So keep an eye out for Devontae Parker. Honestly, put put a waiver claim. If if you're in one of those leagues where anybody can put a waiver claim at any time and you don't get moved to the bottom and – you know, one of those dumb ones. I, I'm really not a fan of those. Those, uh, those make no sense. No, I hate those. Those make no sense. You should have a draft uh, waiver order where if you pick a waiver um, first that week, you get moved to the bottom. Doesn't yep. matter what your right. ranking is. Doesn't matter what you know place you are. 
If you make a pick, you go to the bottom. That's how it should be. Because because if you have a waiver system where the worst team gets the first choice every week and that team doesn't improve, he's just going to keep taking all the players and just suck. Yep. Yep. You know, it's pretty dumb. I don't right. know why they make that the standard. I'm not a fan of that yeah. either. Yeah. I mean, if you have someone playing on Monday night and you know you're going to lose, you just don't play him. Yeah. So you can get the best. Yeah, know, exactly. Right. So it's, it's it's a terrible. terrible it's stupid. Stuff. Reminds me of the Sunny Sawdagger year. <laughs> Shout out to Sunny Sawdagger if he ever listens to this. A uh, couple more games we have to get to. Let's run right through them. Chicago Bears were at the L.A. Rams. Matty Stafford under the helm for the new look Rams. I guess new look for a quarterback. Everybody else is relatively the same on that roster. And um, I was excited about this. I'm a Stafford fan. I, I think uh, this is a better system for him. He's got better weapons around him. And he definitely thrived week one, uh, 34 to 14. Uh, pretty much a, uh, you know, uh, I guess first start to finish, they were leading. Never really looked like they had much of trouble with getting the ball downfield. Uh, Stafford at 321 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, fed the ball to Cooper Cup. Shout out to Cooper Cup on my fantasy team. Uh, did really well, 108 yards and a touchdown. Uh, did spread the ball out outside of that. I know people had Robert Woods. Uh, got him similar to, to the same time as Cooper Cup, and he only had – 27 yards, did catch a touchdown late, only four targets, three catches. Van Jefferson had their long touchdown catch. Um, but from a running back perspective, it looks like Daryl Henderson is the lead back. 16 carries, 70 yards, did have a touchdown. Uh, on the other side for the Bears, anything of note from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, where's Justin Fields and when is he going to come in? Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Andy Dalton's underwhelming, to yeah. say the least. I don't think he had a pass at, uh, further than 10 yards this whole game. Andy Dalton? Yeah. I don't know what his long was, oh, really? but it wasn't. Yeah. It did It did definitely feel that yeah. way. Um, Montgomery doing Montgomery things, though. Oh, Shout yeah, out to David Montgomery. Yeah, he's on my um, yearly love list. I think this guy's going to be top five running back at yeah. the end of the year. 16 carries. Again, efficient. 108 yards. Did have that touchdown. Uh, nobody else really in the backfield. I mean, Damian Harris had six carries, but not much concern there. Receiving core, again, Andy Dalton spread it out, used a lot of tight ends, a lot of flat throws. Allen Robinson did lead the pack with 11 targets, but probably inaccurate targets considering he only brought in six of them, and we know the stat of Allen Robinson and his <laughs> lack of dropping passes. So um, Allen Robinson long-term, especially if Fields comes back, even if Dalton is still there a couple seasons or a couple mo- uh, more weeks, I still think Allen Robinson is still a viable fantasy player. Yeah, you don't, you don't question Allen Robinson. Yep, Allen Robinson's good enough. start Allen Robinson. Montgomery, again, spectacular, probably the biggest bright spot on the Bears, but – uh, Bears defense. What, what what did we think? I mean, I, I I know I don't know where the I guess the train was on the Bears defense coming into this season. They still have Khalil Mack, uh, but from my perspective, or I my, I didn't expect them to give up 34 points to the Rams. Yeah, whenever you get just destroyed with deep balls, you have holes on your defense. Yeah. you know, there's no answer. You can't you can't say you have a good defense and get just blown out with like 70 yard passes. Yeah, that just can't happen. And Matthew Stafford over here living my Vikings dreams. I feel like if we had that <laughs> offensive line, we could do stuff like this too. Um, but, yeah, you know, the, the Bears. Um, Are who we thought they were. I was just going to say <laughs> that. I was just going to say that. But, um, yeah, man, I, I don't think this is – we, we don't need to react um, too much on the Bears' side here because they can definitely pull out some wins playing the way they did. It just so happened to be against the Rams with stout 299 overall players on defense. Come on. Yeah. Come on. And then Matthew Stafford just having the time of his life on a finally with a team with a nice pocket, just chilling, throwing deep bombs. He's going to do great. So, um, yeah, I think the Rams are – this is what you're going to get from the Rams a lot of the games, but this is not what you're going to get from the Bears um, most of the games. I think they're going to be pretty competitive. They're not going to get blown out this bad, but that, we might have to wait for Justin Fields for that to happen. Stafford top 10 fantasy quarterback this year? Yeah. Yeah. Nine. Nine? I like it. Yeah. I, I think so. Um, anything else to add on this game? 
think that pretty much covers it. I think. All right. Yeah. Last game on the board, Monday Night Football. Man, we closed out week one with another banger of a game. Every time I felt like this game was about to end and I had to turn it off, I was like, nope, can't turn it off. It's still going. <laughs> Uh, the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens were in Las Vegas. The Vegas Raiders debuting their new stadium in Vegas. Steve Aoki with the DJ. And uh, <laughs> they had, they had what's, I'm drawing a blank on him. The UFC guy yeah. did the announcement. Oh, yeah, Dana White? No, 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 no. The guy that says, it's time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I can't um, believe I'm drawing a blank yeah, on his t- name. <laughs> I don't know, but we have some friends that could tweet us and yeah. tell us what Anish, kind of is. what is his name? I cannot <laughs> remember it. I'm not going to Google it. It's fine. Not a big deal. But anyways. They really put on a show in Vegas. Um, I, the, the scene looked incredible. Wasn't Dana White at one of these games, though? He was, like, on his phone. I remember seeing yeah, the picture. He, he probably was. He probably was. Um, I'm not sure which game, but I'm Bruce, sure he was. No, Anthony it, it, Buffer. B- Bruce Buffer. Yeah. Bruce Buffer. Thank you, Shove It. Yes. Yeah. Bruce Buffer making the call. Steve, a- Steve Aoki doing the pregame. Uh, again, it was really kind of like a Vegas party. And so um, the Vegas Raiders definitely didn't disappoint. Uh, I, I felt like they tried to give this game away a couple of times. A couple of times it felt like they really wanted it. Uh, and somehow they did end up pulling it away. 33 to 27 in overtime, man. That third and fourth quarter, that second half was some of the craziest football I've seen. Um, we was that the best game of the year so far? Gosh, I mean, there's been. That that, 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 I was gonna say that Thursday night game, the yeah. Cowboys. You don't think Bucks. this game was better than that game? It's close. They were both really good. So that game was good from the first to the fourth quarter. I mean, this game, Derek Carr just would, did not show up until the fourth quarter. So that's when it got really exciting. Okay. Yeah, it felt like, again, uh, for, for me, um, I just can't quite figure out what it is with Derek Carr. It seems like he has all the intangibles. It seems like he's got the arm. It seems like he's got the accuracy. He just never has an offensive line. <sighs> yeah, I, I, that very well may be it. Um, I just feel like there's Derek Carr should be talked about as more of a top 10 quarterback and stuff, but he doesn't seem to be. And I'm just not figuring out why that I is. Think, I think he's um, he's he, he has the ability to run around and scramble around. But he, he believes he's a pa- pocket passer. So when you look at him, you're like, dude, you can do that right there. Look at that area where you could go and scramble over and make some plays. But he chooses not to. He's just, I, think he th- I think he's a firm believer in just staying in the pocket. Okay. Yeah. Again, 34-56, 435 yards, through two touchdowns, had the interception. Uh, Josh Jacobs from the running backs uh, hobbled all night, only had 10 carries, 34 yards, did actually get two touchdowns, though. Kenyon Drake, their new acquisition, six carries, 11 yards. On the receiving side, Darren Mofo Waller with 19 targets, 10 catches, 105 yards, a touchdown. Every other pass it felt like that night was going to Darren Waller. Darren, and if some of those card put on the money, Waller should have had 19 catches or 15 catches. Yeah. Um, he did drop two passes. Though, yeah, I, I think he did have a couple of drops, uh, but 19 targets is just absurd. And the next leader, Hunter Renfro, nine targets, uh, six catches, 70 yards, kind of nice surprise, nice slot guy for them. Looks like he could be something better. Uh, I know we were talking about Brian Edwards early on. Uh, showed up a little bit in that last drive in the closer to the fourth quarter, four catches, 81 yards. Kenyon Drake out of the backfield, two catches, 59 yards. Zay Jones did have the walk-off touchdown in overtime, two catches, 46 yards. And Henry Ruggs uh, made a couple of plays, two catches, 46 yards. But again, just a little bit underwhelming. Uh, Spread the ball out a little bit. Uh, Vegas was able to come away with this. Lamar Jackson had two costly fumbles in this game, uh, running around a lot. I mean, 86 yards on the ground. Um, Anything, I guess, on the Ravens' side? Uh, Surprises? Disappointments? Um, Disappointments? Um, on their offensive line, you know, that was, that was a terrible performance. Yeah. Poor Lamar Jackson, man. He has like a rookie running back now and he's having to deal with just running for his life all the time. But you know, he made the most of it. 
he played pretty good looking at all things considered. He was a leading carry. Um, he led the team in carries, which was kind of predicted, um, and he had the most yards. Um, surprised he didn't score. He had some electrifying runs yep. um, late in the game. He single-handedly kept him in this game, honestly. Um, it was just sad to see how it ended with him getting sacked, um, fumble twice, and just losing the game in that way when he worked so hard to you know, make this a close game. Yeah, Sammy Watkins was a pretty big surprise for me. I agree. I, I, didn't, I didn't see that coming. Four receptions, uh, 96 yards. Um, good Led the team with eight targets. Eight targets, right. So it looks like uh, Lamar Jackson look is looking that way. Also hey, but uh, this is a very, very easy trap to fall into because this is what Sammy Watkins does the yeah. first game of every fudging <laughs> season. Every season. Yeah. You just like, you're like, oh, my God, I got to go get Sammy Watkins. I got to start him. Then he disappears for like eight weeks, and when he comes back, he tears something. So, you know, just take this with a grain of salt. Also, knowing that Ravens wide receivers just don't produce in this offense. Yep. Um, you or know. tight ends. What's yeah, going on that, there? that was a disappointment. Yes. Andrews, three catches, 20 yards, five yeah, targets. What the heck? Five uh, targets? They, like, di- they didn't seem like they got him involved much. They, they weren't really looking his way or calling plays for him. Yeah. Um, it was he was pretty much an afterthought, and I was watching every play for him because I had him. But he just was going out there, never. He was the pretty ball. open some plays. Agreed. You know, there was that curl route late in the game; he's wide open. They could have gotten the first down. Yep. He decided, and then Lamar Jackson overthrew the running back. Yeah, yeah, and, and so I don't know if it's a product of the game or what, but uh, keep an eye on Mark Andrews. I know he's drafted pretty high in terms of tight ends I, and overall. I think he'll be fine though. I agree. I agree. I think uh, he's going to have to catch touchdowns. He's a big red zone weapon for him, for them. I don't know if he'll be getting consistent, you know, 100-yard games. So touchdowns are going to probably be um, significant, significant for him from a fantasy perspective. Uh, but Marquise Brown, six catches, 69 yards. Running back core, Tyjon Williams, nine carries, 65 yards, had a touchdown. And then the late signing of Latavius Murray, 10, 10 carries, 28 yards, not very efficient, but did also have a touchdown. Yeah, it's a little surprising that he got that many carries yeah. the first game back without knowing the playbook. Yep. Because that's the same reason Sony Michelle is not getting bulk of the carries. Um, apparently, he's not understanding the playbook very well. <laughs> but um, this is a much more intricate offense. It should have taken Latavius Murray a lot longer to figure this out. But, you know, he's out here just getting, you know, the most carries by a running back on this team. Although he ran poorly, Tyson, um, I think it's pronounced Tyson. Is it Tyson? Yeah, it's Tyson. It's not Tyson. Wow. Yeah. I, I was saying Tyjon. No, no, it's not Tyjon. No, that sounds Tyson, like a really nice like the, dressing. I thought it was Tyson, like the chicken. No, no, it's neither. It's Tyson. Tyson. Wow. Yeah, it's Tyson Williams, and um, I think he—it's going to be his job to lose here. Um, he knows the playbook. He's been here all um, off season. He had two other people in front of him. They're both gone. So I think this is the most likely candidate. It's just that he's so young. He doesn't, you know, you don't know how this is going to play out. That's why they went and got Murray. And those other two guys that are probably never going to see the field. But um, this is his job to lose. So if you were to have one running back right now and you could only choose one, it's got to be Tyson, right? Like, he's electric. He made some plays. He had, like, a, what, 30-yard <laughs> run? Was it a 40-yard run? Yeah. Uh, for a touchdown. The, so only, the only scary thing is every team that Latavius Murray has been, like, the compliment back on, he loves to vulture touchdowns in the red zone. Yes. Uh, so if they're already – I mean, they're a run-heavy offense, but Lamar does – keep yeah. a bulk of those carries so you know don't don't be surprised if tyson has good games and then doesn't get touchdowns yeah. because yeah. latavius comes in no, and no, no. Those. i would put him like i would rank him like as my 28th best running back or like you know um just good enough to be a starter for some teams but not good enough to be a starter for all teams yeah. 
Well, that was the last game of week one. That's how we finished off week one with Monday um, Night uh, Electrically. Anything with week one we want to touch on before we move on to the last yeah. segment where we're looking forward to Thursday night? Yeah, yeah. There's a few things we missed throughout the way. Um, some pick, some pickups. Yeah, go some pickups. Um, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Hilton might be coming back a little sooner than expected. Um, you know, we already know they have a lot of receivers on that team. But keep an eye out because whenever T.Y. Hilton's healthy, he kind of produces. And um, he did a little bit of that last year. So just keep an eye out. If you already have five wide receivers or six wide receivers, you don't need to go get them. But, you know, if you went wide uh, running back heavy and you might need that slight edge later in the season, T.Y. Hilton may do that for you. Um, Aguilar, we talked about him. You could possibly pick him up. He's looking like Mac Jones' favorite target. Um, Justin Fields. Yep. Pick up Justin Fields. You know, there's really nothing to it. He, he came in for like two plays and just did phenomenal. Scored a touchdown. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Tyrod. If you can, yeah. if you need someone to fill in, um, Tyrod will get you. You know, somewhere between eighteen to twenty-one points, pretty much guaranteed, just because he has legs that um, can get, do that for him. Um, and we talked about Sterling Shepard. Yep. We talked about Elijah Mitchell, yep. Pascal for the same reason. T. Y. Hilton. Yep. Colts um, receivers. Yeah, Colts receivers are going to be getting some targets. So just keep an eye out for those guys. No need to jump train. Um, like you're doing for Elijah Mitchell, but those guys um, need to be um, looked at. Yep. Anything? I, I think Elijah Mitchell was the consensus, probably top waiver wire pickup, and then maybe what Sterling Shepard is a uh, is up there. Yeah, Sterling Shepard and um, Elijah Mitchell are my two favorites. Although you know th- this, these are safer picks. Yeah. There are some teams that already have a solid team, and they don't need to waste wa- uh, waivers on you know uh, big name players that everybody else wants. Yep. So. You know, throughout our little um, segment here throughout the year, we're not only going to be giving you like the super sexy picks that everyone's going to go after, but we're going to give you players like T.Y. Hilton, who literally no one's going to pick up, but could make difference on a flex spot later on in the year. Yep. Anybody else that we missed from a waiver wire perspective? Uh, Jameis Winston, you know. Yeah, yeah. Five, touch, five touchdowns. Uh, yeah. We know he's put up 4,000 yards. We know he's put up a lot of touchdowns. So fantasy relevance is definitely there. Um, that's definitely something to watch out for. Um, all right, let, let, let's get into the final segment. Uh, we recap pretty much every game on the board. We talked about the injuries. We talked about the waiver wire. Hopefully that helps you guys uh, put in some waiver claims tonight before the Wednesday morning deadline. Um, last thing we want to do is since our next episode we record is going to be either Friday night or Saturday morning, that'll be after this Thursday night game. So let's talk about, uh, what to watch for here in this Thursday night game. The Washington football team is going to visit the New York giants. So a divisional matchup here on Thursday night, um, on paper, we talked about Thursday night games being duds. This one worries me a little bit. Uh, we could have another dud on our hands, backup quarterback for the Redskins, Giants offense will kind of visible week one. Shovit, what are you watching out for this game? Yeah, I'm looking to see if Saquon Barkley is yeah. going to be back, is, if he's going to be in his full form. Probably not. He's going to be limited. I, I think that him and Booker are probably going to be sharing um, you know, carries there. It just sucks. He has to go up against Washington's yeah, run yeah. defense. Yeah. You know, Poor guy just embarrassed himself, and now he's about to get embarrassed again. I have no faith in Saquon this week. It's just there's no signs pointing towards having a successful week unless he's having a uh, – uh, what's his name? Josh Jacobs kind of a game where you just – you know, don't do that well, get very little yards, but then somehow get two touchdowns. There are a lot of people that are still high on Saquon Barkley, obviously because he's Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. I feel like those people are still probably looking to trade for him in their fantasy 
teams. So if you have Saquon Barkley and you can sell very high on him, um, probably a good person to do that. Yeah, if not the best person to do yeah. that. Saquon and Zeke, um, it sucks that Zeke is so bad now that we have to compare him to like a hobbled, injured guy. Um, but I think um, I don't think Zeke is as bad as he's played so far just because of the touches he'll get, you know, like yeah. 20 touches a game. There's no way you can put me on the field and I might get murdered. But if I don't get murdered, I might get you 10 fantasy points. I would do that trade any day. What for me? Saquon me for, for Zeke? Zeke. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For Zeke, Saquon, for sure. Saquon for if Zeke. If I can get Zeke and get rid of Saquon yeah. for my team. I mean, first of all, I probably got Saquon 12th yeah. pick and then Zeke was what, maybe sixth or yeah. seventh. Yep. I mean, that's a great value for yeah. me. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going out for that. Yeah. Hopefully it's the Giants fan that has Yep. Yeah, and, and you don't have to feel bad about if if uh, Zeke plays w- worse. You don't have to feel bad because you know that's the right move. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to feel bad about play- picks like that. Yeah, and think things to watch out from a fantasy perspective. Obviously, Redskins will probably start Taylor Heineke, mm-hmm. right? Something to watch for. Yeah, they've made it pretty clear they're not looking anywhere else. Antonio Gibson should have a pretty good fantasy game going against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking for Terry McLaurin to have a rebound week yeah. uh, against that Giants defense. Uh, on the Giants, ju- Giants secondary is supposed to be pretty good on paper. Yeah, they uh, have Bradbury. Uh, you know, they have some pretty good cornerbacks, but everything underneath, it's just garbage. That that's the problem with them, right? Even though their secondary is good, if their front seven is generating zero pressure, mm-hmm. this, the the secondary can only cover yeah. for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, something to watch for. Uh, on the Giants, obviously, Daniel Jones not really fantasy relevant, but maybe Sterling Shepard. Redskins defense is pretty stout, so I don't put much stock into starting any Giants players this week. Saquon, because you probably have to, unfortunately. It's like the drawback of drafting a yeah. guy that high. Yeah. But don't forget, this is a divisional matchup. You know, you, it's very unpredictable. Definitely true. These teams know each other better than most teams know each other. So, you know, they have the ends on how to beat each other. Yep. So, uh, should be a good one. Again, division matchup, maybe a little bit low scoring. Do we have any predictions on which way we're leaning? What's the line? Had, had anybody pulled I, up the line? It's uh, minus four. Um, or plus four Giants. Okay, so the Redskins are in New York, and they're favored by four points. Mm-hmm. Um, man, at home, getting four points, divisional matchup. Um, if I'm a betting man, I'm staying away from this game. Yeah. But since I'm not, um, I'm going to go ahead and pick Washington to win this game. I think um, I'm, I actually can't justify picking the Giants to win this game. I don't know how, I don't know how they can do that, but. We'll see. We'll see if the Redskins are for or Sorry, not the Redskins. The football team yeah. are for real. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, some some wild cards to factor in, right? It, it is a divisional game, but the Redskins are starting Taylor Heineke. So uh, uh, an unproven quarterback, yes, he's had some, you know, some flashes, but yeah. he could dictate how that game goes completely, right? Yes. There was a couple interceptions. Giants get short field, and next thing you know, divisional game, things yeah. could change. But uh, should be a good one. Um, excited to talk about that, recap that. Obviously, our second episode of the week. We're going to try to put out two episodes a week. Second one should, again, be out either Friday night or Saturday morning. Obviously, before the Sunday uh, a slate of games so that you have all of your latest up-to-date injury report, fantasy report, everything that you need. Again, we are the only playbook. We are your one-stop shop for all things football. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I know that episode l- ran long. I appreciate you guys for joining in. Uh, again, I'm Sweetcar. This is Shosho. And don't be sh- don't be shy to contact us on our social media. We have a social media account pretty much everywhere. We have TikTok, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, um, whatever. Think of something. We'll probably make it. Yep. So, Spotify um, and YouTube as well. Yeah, yeah. Spotify and YouTube if you want to listen to these. But yeah, we are actively on it at all times, probably more than any other podcast. So if you have any questions, you need quick answers, we are your podcast for all of that.
Send us questions to the Twitter. Uh, all of that information will be below the video we post on YouTube in the information uh, section. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. This is The Only Playbook. We'll see you on Friday. Mm-hmm.